Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the second hour is here, the Friday edition. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. Chad, uh, how would you describe the first hour? Um, expedient. Okay. Getting that's, after That's it. the word, yeah. I'm, I'm searching for the right word to describe that hour, Hutton. And expedient is the proper term. Maybe the uh, the rehab can be described the same way for our, our, our next guest. Quarterback. What a great segue. Good Hendon job. Hendon Hooker joins us, courtesy of Bush's Beans. Uh, always great to have you uh, back on the show, Hendon. Hope things are well, man. Yes, sir. Things are well. Thanks for having me. And uh, the rehab going well. I know that uh, Dan Campbell with the Lions has said, hey, uh, at some point we may see Hendon down the stretch here, uh, still on the non-football injury list, but over the bye week here, as you join us from Knoxville, as the the season gets to the final two months, maybe we we see you available? Yeah, you know, just continuing to – build uh you know the strength in my legs and continue to trust the process uh you know i'm excited for the future how many uh quarterbacks have you talked with about the acl rehab i know kyler murray's expected back sometime soon with the cardinals and uh of course other injuries i've never heard of an injury going behind schedule they're always ahead of schedule it seems to be the case for you yeah um you know just talk to um you know, a handful of guys uh, and spend a lot of time, uh, you know, with some guys um, uh, and also, you know, being in the room with Teddy Bridgewater, who has gone through, you know, one of the um, you know tough injuries uh, in his career and be able to bounce back from that. So, you know, having him, um, you know, in there every day, every step of the way, uh, you know, giving me tips and, and reminders on, you know, some things that could help me um, in my process of getting back to, uh, you know, better me. Quarterback Hendon Hooker of the Detroit Lions with us on Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow. Football season underway. Hendon knows Bush's baked beans are a must-have for tailgates and home gates. He's a big fan of Bush's, and he's got a secret family recipe passed down from his dad. They even made it together ahead of draft night, which uh, we have detailed at the, the party there. And uh, Bush has sponsored the draft party for uh, Hendon Hooker, and he posted photos of them on his uh, social channels, which you can find. So, Hendon, whenever an athlete goes down, it's all about, you know, the work to get back and and that goal of getting back and playing. And oftentimes what we don't talk about is the difficulty in the time that you can't physically do things with your teammates. And you're around them, but it's different when you're not out there on the practice field or you're out there in games – how difficult has that part of this been for you, being introduced to a new team and not being able to physically do the things that you want right off the bat? It's been very uh, difficult for me, but, you know, just being a great teammate and uh, enjoying the process as well um, of, you know, going through my game day routines, um, what I would be doing if I was playing, um, continue to dial in on, um, you know, the, the install that we have going in that week um, so that I can still communicate at a high level at practice with my teammates. Um, if someone has a question about the game plan, um, they come to me uh, and I can you know, help them out any way that they need. Uh, but it's, uh, it's tough, you know, being a competitor, you know, always want to go out there and compete, but continuing to trust the process and 
um, you know, build my 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 mental. Um, it's something that I've been dialed in on here lately. Does this feel like a, a redshirt year in many ways? And uh, behind the scenes with Ben Johnson and Brunel, uh, JT Barrett and others, how much are you learning from that group without necessarily being on the field? Yeah, learn a lot. Learn a lot. Um, you know, just being able to come to those guys, you know, anytime I have a question about something or, um, you know, we just be talking general, general uh, football um, and, and what we think. Um, but as a rookie, you know, just coming in and, and soaking up all the information that, um, you know, that they want to provide me um, and, and JT, you know, being, being a great, um, you know, a great mentor as well. Um, you know, his his insight on the game is amazing um, from his career and, and how he played the game. Um, and then him transitioning to the coaching side uh, has, has been great. So me and him both growing together um, in, in a sense of, him coaching and, and me as as a player has been amazing. Let's talk a little bit about your your former team, the the Tennessee Vols. H- how much have you had a chance to watch? Have you seen most every game so far this season? I, I see uh, photos of Joe Milton behind you. I know you're in Knoxville for the bye week uh, right now. Uh, what do you think about his progress throughout the season so far within this offense? Yeah, Joe's been great. Been able to grow, um, and then being here at, at these practices uh, these past couple of days. It's been good to see um, him in live action and leading his troops uh, on a day-to-day basis. Um, and he's just been getting better week by week. Um, looking forward to seeing, I know what he does this weekend and and moving forward um, down to Georgia. But yeah, um, you know, a lot of times me and Joe connect during the week just to check in on each other. Um, I generally ask him, you know, what's the game plan? What's the other team looking like on defense? Some of their best players, uh, and and then. You know, just being great friends, you know, we're just going to have a good time talking about it um, and expanding on what we think, um, you know, some some things that would work um, that we might have ran in the past or some things that he can uh, you know, do, um, you know, week to week to adjust his game to who he's playing against. You know, he was 17 for 20 in this last game against Kentucky. That's the best completion percentage since Josh Dobbs in, in 2016, a very efficient game. Passing offense is getting going a little bit more. I know Milton has said that to get in the game, he likes to run it a couple times early on the first drive mm. of the game to feel like he's playing. Uh, can, can you understand that a little bit as a guy who can run it as well? And do you see that with Joe, that he does get going a little bit more when he can run it a few times? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think just getting those excitement uh, butterflies out of your system um, once you get tackled one or two times um, or – you know, completing the ball. I'm just getting the rhythm of the game, and I definitely understand what he's saying because uh, I'm the same way. I, maybe I want to get hit a couple times, um, you know, just to get the feel of the game and then get into the flow of things. So the talk around college football right now is Michigan and the sign-stealing the allegations that are going on, the video that's out there of Connor Stallions, the photos that have emerged of him at other games also. Uh, you played for a program that goes to great lengths to try to hide their signs. There's black curtains behind guys. There's coaches in different colored po- polo shirts signaling and everything. Um, just from a basic standpoint, how difficult is it with the implementation of signs in any offense in college football, but but especially for you there? How does that process go? Is it is it implemented in the spring? How difficult is it to completely change signs from week to week if you feel like something's up? Yeah, it's not hard to change signs um, if you think something's up. But 
to change every sign, that's very difficult. Um, it's, especially, you know, you've been running it since the spring or since the winter and you've been repping it and you've had guys come in and, um, you know, have signal reviews to, so that we can all be on the same page. Um, but it's, it's, it's pretty difficult to just kind of change, but unless, you know, you have those players that who can adapt to that, um, which a lot of programs do. Does the speed of the, the hypo offense make it more difficult that even if you knew the sign to actually adjust to what was coming? Um, in, in a way, I mean, if you, if you know what, what someone's about to call then, or is, is calling, um, I mean, then it's, it's, it's hard, um, you know, not to be able to stop it or not to uh, be able to be in position to stop uh, the play that is being ran. If you know what's going on. You know, we, there's reports that, uh, and we know that Michigan and Connor Stallions bought tickets to Tennessee games to scout you guys as a possible college football playoff opponent or someone ahead of Michigan in those standings. Um, there's also some insinuation that something may have been given to South Carolina based on their performance against you guys and Clemson in back-to-back weeks, two teams that Michigan scouted. Was anything off in that game? Uh, I know it was the first time they ever wore armbands on defense. Did you sense anything different that night as you guys were playing South Carolina? Oh, uh, I mean, they came they came to play that day. Um, and we just, you know, could keep up with them in the in the uh, scoreboard, um, you know, factor. But I mean, they, uh, I don't know, you know, maybe that they, they might have had it or or they didn't. Um, you know, we still got to come out there and, and compete at a high level. Um, and we didn't get the job done. So, I man, it still falls on us whether they had them or not. Uh, but, you know, it was it was still great to be able to go out there and compete at a high level. I had fun that game um, leading up to the to the injury. But uh, it was, you know, he say, she say, um, not really worried, you know, if they did or if they didn't, you didn't finish the job. So. But was it was it wasn't anything you guys talked about post game? No, it was more of just man, I'm hurt. So that's what my mind was. What was Jer- did, uh, sorry, Hendon Hooker with us, uh, courtesy of, of Bush's Beans. Um, what was Jared Goff's Halloween costume? Did you see this? Uh, it, it looked like he was um, Willy Wonka. <laughs> and what he posted, I saw like it was like fake snow and stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about any fake snow. Um, when I was getting on the flight to come to Tennessee, it was uh, some flurries coming down in oh, okay. Detroit. Oh, so maybe maybe it was real snow. Real then. snow. It <laughs> snow in parts of the country recently. Do you have a favorite Dan Campbell story or moment so far in your rookie season? Um, he's he's a movie guy and and he loves to uh, you know post the movie clips to motivate us you know before games. And a lot of them are just hilarious. Um, so he's he always has a great sense of humor. Um, but he just brings the juice every day. Uh, and, and that's something that's that's, that's um, very inspiring um, as a player, for sure. To see your head coach come in there with, with energy and passion every day uh, with the want to, to to win ball games. And that's what we're all here for. Um, and, and, and every day we come in with, with that same mindset and matching his energy. 
So what's the plan for the game? You're in Knoxville, uh, Tennessee homecoming tomorrow against UConn. Will, will you be at the game in Neyland Stadium? Will you be wearing sunglasses on the sidelines, signaling <laughs> in plays, anything like that? What's, what's your game day plan? Yeah, I'm going to um, my little brother's game in North Carolina. He plays at North Carolina A&T. Um, so I'm going to his game. I have to even it out. So I came up here during the week, and then um, I'm going to go – see my brother play and I'll come back and see Joe play on his senior night so I can have two and two if all things go well when will we see you on the active roster mm-hmm. uh, not sure you know just really just playing it by ear uh, week to week and um, continue, continuing to get better every day Hendon Hooker uh, has been our guest courtesy of Bush's Beans Always great to catch up with you man uh, hopefully all is well uh, with re- returning to the, the field and uh, we'll hopefully be able to watch you soon. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Thank uh, you. There's Hendon Hooker, uh, former Tennessee quarterback, now Detroit Lions quarterback, third-round pick. Solid guy, yeah. as always. Yeah, interested to see what his future holds uh, with what has now become a really good organization, which you couldn't yes. say that for years and years. No but uh, that's a good quarterback to learn behind right now with Jared Goff and what he's done in Detroit. And uh, Teddy Bridgewater – you know, bringing him up as someone you can go to for advice on coming back from catastrophic injuries. From uh, I wouldn't say ACL's catastrophic now, but Teddy Bridgewater's gone through a catastrophic injury in his career. An awful one, yeah. So um, that's a good resource for Hendon Hooker. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Coming up, Chad, we we get some winners. Kelly in Vegas. Kelly Stewart joins us, as she does each and every Friday. One of my only winners, consistently, has been what I argue to Kelly in Vegas. Every week, every week, she tells me I'm an idiot. And every week I win in what I tell her to bet. I have a pick I'm so confident in, it may be awful. You ever have that feeling? I will never doubt you, given your score and wrong team favored versus my score and wrong team favored. David, do we know the record on wrong team favored? We need to look up the victories I, here. I have not calculated that yet. I have to do Outright some winners. It's been well, good. You, it's been good. If had, you want to take your victory lap, go ahead and no, take the victory lap. No, you've had a ridiculously lap. good year. I mean, it's, it's crazy 
to get outright winners, but with Vegas underdogs, that consistently correct the way you have. The first it's big been an one amazing year. I'll, I'll take my hat off. It's in, it's incredible. I'm just trying to see how much money. Now I've the lost majority of people it. would win one, maybe two, not zero like me. So I'm on the. We're looking at two ends of the spectrum. Hutton is here, way up high, on amount of wins for picking a team that's an underdog to win outright. I'm at the floor of zero to get right all year. And I feel like every week, like this is like, you know, it doesn't matter. I like uh, yours this week. Every, every week I could say this, but I feel like my second or third place choice always wins. Uh, and then I pick the one that's wrong every week. So I've actually got two this week. One, I'm going to pitch Kelly. One, I'm going to play in wrong team favorite. Hey, if we get to week 10 and you still haven't got a winner, I'll let you pick. Don't let me do anything. Multiple teams. Don't, no, don't. Don't. No, Chad wants to win this the right way. Yeah, he needs a winner. I, I don't. I don't need this. Don't pander to me. I, I don't want. I don't want to be given anything. I will show anything. you pity. I don't want any pity. He doesn't want it. I. I, I that's the last thing I, I want. Know Chad will. I, if I'm going to be defeated, I will be defeated soundly, and without complaint. And uh, bet I don't seven, want the seventeen any, cent bet weekly. I Week. don't want any benefit of the doubt. Nothing else. <laughs> I will say I, I'm going to go with an outright big underdog winner as my pitch to Kelly. And I'm going with an outright big underdog winner in wrong team favor. I'm going big both, is what I'm saying. Chad, what would be your stage name? I don't know what they call it. The, the, the wagering expert name. Like, remember the guy Jonathan Stone? Mm-hmm. But he, the same voice would come on like a year and a half later. It would be a different name. Yeah. I think mine would be Connor Stallions. Connor Stallions. If I had to go with it. Betting Cooper, expert. Cooper Stallion. Yeah. With one L. Um, who, who, Chuck. A last name Stallions with one L. Chuck Rich. I think it would be a really good betting expert name. I could go with Chuck Rich. Anything Chuck. I think I could go with that. Chuck Rich would work. Chadwick Thomas. Chadwick Thomas. <laughs> it's as if the game has already been played this week. You can play this as if the game has, there's already an outcome with Chadwick Thomas. I sound Thomas. a little bit like John Lovitz when I said that for some reason. Chad, uh, YouTube says they've got all the technical issues corrected with uh, everything that's gone on uh, recently with NFL Sunday ticket. Issues are fixed, they say. They promise it's going to be better. I didn't know there were issues. Uh, I don't have Sunday ticket. I don't have YouTube TV. So I, I had no clue there were issues. But I'm happy to hear that those issues have been fixed, Hutton. YouTube declined to answer the question of whether uh, partial rebates would be available by anyone affected by the problem. It wasn't let widespread. Me, let me just say, in general. Go ahead. I'm with you. I know what you're going to say. Major NFL games on streamers, not ideal. Titans and Steelers played last night. That game is on Prime Video every week on Thursday night, mm-hmm. as we all well know. Um, do you know where I watched that game in Nashville, Tennessee? I watched on the local CBS affiliate, Channel 5 in Nashville. Why? Because I could record it. I could get home from the game I was coaching. I could start it from the beginning. I could fast forward. I could pause. I could pick up from the beginning. I could do all these things with ease while flipping over to ESPN to watch Wake Forest and Duke, which was a great game throughout. I could do that and not have to go back and forth to different functions on my television like I would if I was watching the game exclusively on Amazon Prime on Prime Video. I, I, I don't, I'm not going to call it a failure. It's just inconvenient. Oh, it's definitely not with the money coming in and the well, investment. Well, look, I, I, and, and this, and this we define failure differently. I'm not talking about failure from a business standpoint. Yes, they're making money. From my standpoint, the, the consumer, well, someone's making money. The NFL is. But from my standpoint as a consumer, it's inconvenient. 
I can watch it. I'm not 85 years old with no knowledge of any technology. It's just a lot more convenient when I can go back and forth on cable and watch a game. So we're going to see uh, Netflix now is uh, considering getting into the live boxing arena. Even Jake Paul's next fight is what they're looking at. They are getting into the... They will be in the bid for the college football playoff whenever that opens. And that's when, Chad, I think we see the super conferences come together. That's the extra billion plus when Amazon, Netflix, Apple when they all jump into the mix for college football, because they're already in billions deep with the NFL. The next layer is college. Yeah, I and, think... And, and, and the postseason. You know, a- Apple... I want to see Apple do more in the sports space, the live sports space. That's one that they have virtually unlimited funds. Um, you know, obviously, Disney with ESPN is there. Prime Video is now there with the NFL on Thursday night. Netflix is doing that golf event. Yeah, but Netflix is still very slow to anything live. Yeah, but they're they're trying to get into the boxing, they had a which live, would be a pay per view deal, right? I don't know how many eyeballs, uh, how, how much of a draw Paul's fights are now because of the uh, the loss earlier this year and a close fight recently, I believe. But nonetheless, I, I want to see more out of Netflix. I, I'll be because they're the actual streamer turning uh, to profit. It's, it's the next frontier, right? Yeah, but they need to get involved. Like, if, if sports is really going to be saved uh, with media rights, with other companies drying up when it comes to that and not spending as much, Netflix is going to need to get involved at some point. Did you know that the in-season tournament that has been pushed and discussed throughout the basketball offseason, among the changes there, uh, it starts today, starts tonight? I had no idea. Uh, I, I, I thought know, it was later in the season. Only because of promos on games I watched did I know this was happening. Now, Hutton, ask me if I understand uh, the format for this in-season tournament. I have no clue. I don't know what they're trying to do. I don't know anything about it. I just know that it starts this weekend. Well, and what, the winning, the winning team, every player gets five hundred grand, and it escalates based on how far you go in the tournament. And now just... Uh, this morning, the headline is, oh, and coaches are also going to be included in this. They're going to be bonused the same amount of money the further you go in this tournament. They want legitimacy to it, and they have to pay the players to do it instead of treating it like this in-season exhibition. But if, I, I, if it goes well, great. But if it flops, part of the reason is the, when you're putting it on your calendar. Like I would start it l- much later in the season, build up interest in it, and then roll it out earlier in the season, not later. You have to let uh, people I've, understand what it is before you just roll it out, and you know you have tip off in November. Yeah, this, this seems like a, like a January to February, mid February type. I event. think so. That would be better. It's two weeks, so because then you still have a two three month window before yeah. playoffs start. But even if it's if they don't want it there, I would roll it out then. And then push it back to November when people understand what it is and the, and the magnitude of it. So and if the players embrace it. It's a $500,000 bonus, right, to the players and the team that wins it? Is that correct? That it is five hundred, And I think initially the negotiation was for a million, and they settled on five hundred. Well, I know Draymond Green talked about this and kind of scoffed at, you know, it needs to be over a million for the players to care. Um, that might be true. If you want to further <laughs> alienate, though, I know. A fan base. Scoff at $500,000 for winning an in-season 
meaningless NBA tournament. That is one way to distance yourself from your fan base even more. $500,000, let me put this in the simplest of terms, is a hell of a lot of money. And most people watching right now fully understand that. If I hear any BS from players about, man, I'd play harder, and this would be way more of a big deal if we could make $1.5 million with everyone. I don't want to hear that. No fan of yours wants to hear that. People out there that are being hit by inflation right now and interest rates and getting screwed every time they go to the grocery store do not want to hear how $500,000 is not a big enough motivator for you to get up for a game against the New Orleans Pelicans in November. So save that. Well, some of their daily... That is my PSA to NBA players. What is, uh, just say, LeBron's annual salary? Was it 45 to $50 million, roughly? Again. Draymond's up there, like, and I'm not... Great. I don't want to hear them say that $500,000 so, isn't a lot of money. So five hundred grand to Draymond Green's contract. He makes $429,000 per week. And it breaks down to, like, 272000 per game. I'm looking at this. Yeah, because you're going to play that per game each week on average. That's nuts. Yeah. I- I'm just saying yeah, if you 272,000 per game, 68,000 per quarter, $5,000 per minute. <laughs> I hate this breakdown. No, and I, I look, I, they make what they make. You know, that, oh, I know that's the I current know. market. I'm not sitting here saying, you know, pull all their money. I'm saying if you bitch about $500,000 being too, not enough money, that's going to make your, most of your fan base angry with you for saying that. So I, that's what I don't want to hear in all of this. Is I, you know, if you really want to get us motivated for regular season in an in-season tournament, you need to up the, the money you're paying out for the winner. Don't, so don't give that to your fans. I said it's two weeks. They, they flipped it, and now it's four weeks. So the, the title, the championship, is on Saturday, December 9th. So, group play will start today, as you guys mentioned. Group play ends November 28th. On December 4th and 5th is when they'll have the quarterfinals. The semifinals will be in Vegas, and that's December 7th, and then the finals on December 9th. The championship does not count towards the standings. Every other game will. The championship just, that's where you get your 500 grand per player on the team. And you're still paid, you're compensated in this draw play. But, yeah, Chad, I... It's odd. I just want to. I want to understand it. I hope it. It's simple to just grasp. And I think they'd get more eyeballs post the finish of it. not playoff football for the NFL, but just post in season college and NFL. You know the the fervor for tuning into those games. Allie writes in and says, "What's your point? You think Draymond isn't going to play harder in a tournament than he would in a regular game?" My point is very simple. Don't act like $500,000 is not a motivating factor because all of your fans, that is probably five times or more what they make in an entire year. So keep that thought to yourself. If you think it should be a million or 1.5 to get you excited about a tournament in November, save it because the fans that are spending hard-earned money to go watch you play, they don't want to hear it. That, that's a very simple way to put my point. It Can is, I be any plainer? Oh, no, it's, it's very well, simple. What I'm and, and they're not motivated to play every game prior to the season anyway uh, based on you know, load management rules. And they're still getting paid that type of salary uh, 
across the league. Major League Baseball as well, but you still have the daily players that refuse to go out. Uh, the NFL needs to demand the guaranteed salaries, which I'm all on board with based on what we see in other leagues. Dumpster fire of the week. Davey, kick us off. All right, guys. Mine, Chad brought a poisoning story last week. I've got one this week. A North Dakota man, his name's Steve. Steve was poisoned, I'll put the allegedly, by his girlfriend, Ina. And the Ina. reason she was she poisoned him was because he had heard from an attorney that he was the distant relative of a man who was leaving him a $30 million inheritance. So the guy's poisoned with antifreeze. And then mm. the next thing you know, it turns out there was no $30 million. It was a scam all to begin with. So now this woman's going to jail. Steve's dead. And it's just a terrible situation all around. That's up. Uh, Ina doesn't look like anyone's girlfriend, by the way. It looks like someone's aunt with about 50 cats. She's a little rough like around the edges. 50 cats. Uh, 50 to 500, possibly. Okay. My dumpster fire of the week, uh, it's tied into Michigan. It's president, uh, probably a doctor of some sort, Dr. Santa J. Ono, who tweeted the following, Team 144 are our team. Quote, deep down your players must know you care about them. This is the most important thing. They know in the long run that I'm in their corner. Hashtag go blue. Two days ago, and he posts a photo of everyone on the Michigan football team including Connor Stallions, who's buried deep in this photo like Where's Waldo. Um, Very easy to spot. There's a time to be quiet, (laughs) and there's a time to talk about your team and your loyalty. Santa J. Ono, now is the time to be quiet. Uh, Stay off social media. Don't comment about this. Don't talk about how we're all united and loyal and behind each other. Now's not the time. Just be quiet. Just worry about your literature department or whatever else you do. Stop posting about this football team. We didn't know that Harbaugh would be back if not for his, his tweet at the time. Ward Manuel didn't even know. Dumpster fire of the week for me, the Las Vegas Raiders. Cleaning house from the front office with their general manager, Dave Ziegler, to head coach Josh McDaniels. Jimmy Garoppolo just signed a three-year deal. He's benched, although he's going to serve as the backup. He's not going to be inactive this coming Sunday against the Giants. And it all stems uh, even from the offseason, where you have Chandler Jones, who's gone AWOL. All the questions within the locker room. Devontae Adams unhappy. That's a dumpster fire out in Sin City. Coming up, Kelly in Vegas joins us next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You were tuned into Thursday Night Football last night to watch the Steelers beat the Titans. You may have some action on the over-under. Maybe. And I know some people, at least uh, here at Six of the Peabody with Ehop Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine, Chad, that uh, were sweating the under. And it hit. Barely. Oh, that's right. Barely. By a half a point. Yes. Clay Travis is happy. I know he took the under. I don't blame him. 36 and a half. 
Kelly in Vegas joins us, co-host with Clay on The Fade. Kelly, good to see you. Where are you joining us from today? I am uh, in beautiful Austin, Texas. Apologies for the terrible background, uh, but I am in a not completely dumpy hotel. I uh, I Never. laughed because I was moving around this room just trying to make it perfect. And I said, you know what? I'm in Austin. I got my K-State gear on already. I've got bigger things to do. Do Texas fans talk trash? It doesn't seem like a fan base that's really in your face about no. anything. I don't know if I've ever had a Texas fan talk trash. Oh, you fans? They like to talk trash. Texas fans? No, actually, now that you say that, maybe I'll see if I can get some riled up later, Chad, and I'll, I'll report back. Yeah, so please please let me know. Who would be number two in the conference then if, if it's not Texas at talking crap? KU fans? Jayhawks fans talking a lot of trash oh, to K-State fans? Yeah, it might be Jayhawks fans. K-State fans, are, besides me, of course, are very historically nice. I've been told that opposing fan bases love coming to Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, I always like to rile people up. But, of course, I'll also offer you uh, a cocktail or two in the parking lot to, you know, just pretend to be nice. That is until kickoff. I don't know of many hated Midwest college fan bases outside of Ohio State. Like Nebraska yeah. fans, notoriously yeah. nice. K-State fans, nice. There's a lot of like that old Big Eight, those fan bases. You don't hear a lot of negativity about those fan bases. Although, Am I wrong, well, Kelly? That's true. Uh, I think you're right. I mean, I've been to Lubbock. Texas Tech fans are very nice. I've been to Stillwater a handful of times. Oklahoma State fans, very nice. Uh, Ames. Yeah, you say old Big Eight, and they're coming back to the Big 12. Colorado fans, not nice. I have not been to a Colorado game uh, for at least a decade now, and I am not excited about them coming back because they like to throw like frozen batteries at people and like snowballs. Like, I don't know. Plus now they've got coach uh, prime who I think is wonderful, but he's kind of rejuvenated this fan base of uh, some of these kids. I'm going, I don't know if I'm going to be taking a trip to Boulder anytime soon. Kelly, it's crazy. You say that my, my, some, my Nebraska family says Colorado fans are the worst that you have to cover up Nebraska license plates back in the day wow. when you went to Colorado because they would key your car in the parking lot. And I'm thinking, this is a stoner town. Boulder, Colorado, I didn't realize they got so angry about sports there. I feel like everybody was just high all the time. I mean, in theory, you would think yeah. that. The first time I ever saw a hippie, I was eight years old. We were at a Boulder game, and I was terrified. And my mom goes, relax. He just wants to sit on the sidewalk and smoke weed. And I was like, what is this? You What's know, happening? Kelly's, Kelly's first hippie at, at Boulder buying at a Phil Leshenfriend's concert in Virginia Beach. <laughs> basically the same thing. Uh, Colorado same thing, football basically. in that concert you were at. Kelly, you've got to play one of the two. Chad and I always pitch uh, our, our top play of the week, and um, I haven't been going with my just straight-out winners, wrong team favor that we do later in the show. I'm not doing it here either. Uh, but Chad, Chad's been hitting on these picks. It's the only picks where he's – I mean, very, literally the only thing I consistent. win is what I pitch Kelly every week. Chad, go ahead. You have the honor. All right. So I I think this team wins outright, but that's not the bet that I'm pitching to you. Vandy hosts Auburn. Okay? Vandy's been bad. Vanderbilt. They were not competitive against Ole Miss. Auburn's been a little bit up and down at times. This is the time of year, though. A, a year ago at this time, Clark Lee got Vanderbilt to beat Florida at home. They went on the road to beat Kentucky. I think Vandy is due a surprise. This game is in Nashville. It's going to be a sleepy crowd. They've got construction going on in oh, one yeah. of the end zones, Kelly, where there's just a dirt pile 
if you score a touchdown over there. I feel like they're going to lull Auburn to sleep. Very different week for them. Auburn's thinking, hey, this is our one easy SEC opponent. We're going to win easily. I think it's a 13-and-a-half point spread for Auburn. I'm taking Vandy to cover that. Give me Vandy plus the points. I honestly believe that they could win this game outright. But for our purposes, I'm going Vandy plus 13-and-a-half. Chad is saying Auburn will be looking ahead to Arkansas. And then New Mexico State, I believe, is their schedule. Or just looking ahead to all their fans partying in Nashville. Kelly, I'm going – I said this earlier. I feel like it's too obvious, but I've got to play the obvious here in the NFL. The Washington Commanders had a fire sale when practically no one else sold. They were on the road against the New England Patriots. Patriots favored by two and a half. Strange, strange line, I admit – but New England is far more capable of covering this than taking the Commanders outright to win. That is my favorite play in the NFL this weekend. Wow, uh, this is tough. I, I feel like I have to uh, aside with Chad. I, I kind of lean towards Vanderbilt and the points. I can see why it makes sense. But here's my one caveat with Auburn. Uh, as you guys know, I, I said Auburn, I, I was predicting an upset at AM. I said, look for them to keep it close versus Ole Miss. And they just can't get it done. And that's because they don't have the ability to put up points. Their offense is just so bad. But that defense is so good. I'm not sure how Vanderbilt's going to score. 60 yards last week? Passing? Come on, guys. They're giving up a ton of yards per game, almost 175 just on the ground. Auburn's run defense uh, can be ran on, but I don't think that that's Vandy's game. So I see where situationally Chad says, hey, look, Auburn waltzes into Nashville and says, all right, this makes sense to me. We can win this game. There's no looking ahead to a two-win Arkansas team. Let's just They're going to win 12 nothing. And again, I'm saying just to cover, right? I I may play separately to win outright, but just to cover. I could see that. But the one asterisk is, this is my problem with Auburn. They played A&M, Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss. This is their layup. This is their one chance to have a team they can just blow the doors off of. This is I why don't know they, if they're going to do it. They went through the gauntlet for this game, is what Kelly's saying. Yeah, but you side with Chad. I do side with Chad. I, I definitely am not laying it with Auburn. Here's my other caveat with your game. Okay. If it was still two and a half, Hutton, I'd say. What is it now? It's three and a half. England, okay. New England got slammed, and and rightfully so. Like you said, it's the very obvious pick here. If Washington truly is having a fire sale, they've got rid of two of their best defensive yeah. players. And then you've got Bentley, who's hurt. I don't know if he's still playing. He was questionable as of yesterday. Sam Howell, come on. This guy has been sacked 41 times this year. Yeah, you're making New my England. argument here. Uh, by the way, I've yeah. got it at two and a half right now live. Oh, well, some money came back in on Washington then. I apologize. Mine. Apologize. Normally, I've got a three-screen setup today. Oh, I have Washington. a laptop. Yeah, but, but I'm uh, taking New England, by the way. I think you have to. I think it's New England or pass, right? You've got Bill Belichick who has finally, we'll call it, turned a corner with this team. But my problem is just two and six straight up and against the spread and their last eight tries as a favorite. This team is not built to blow teams out. We know that they've had uh, some issues on the wide receiver front, especially injuries, right? 
I, I have some questions about this New England team. I think at two and a half, Washington is an excellent teaser spot. So I'm going to side with Chad here, and hopefully I don't mush him uh, since he has a great streak against me. Florio putting out the We're rumor winning. that the, it's time to the win. commanders could Kelly and I are winning be interested this in trading for Belichick in the offseason. All right, let's go 45 seconds or so on your top picks because you're taking a lot of points this week is what I've noticed, starting with Maryland getting eight and a half against Penn State. Yeah, this one's gross. But I'm hoping, we just talked about looking ahead, maybe Maryland got caught looking ahead for Northwestern because Northwestern is just supposed to be an easy layup winner there. Uh, but I'm also hoping that Penn State is looking ahead to Michigan. That is who they face next weekend. We talked about how teams fare on the road versus at home. Well, James Franklin, great home favorite, terrible road favorite, 9-17-2 and two against the spread. Uh, getting plus nine currently with Maryland. I have no choice but to possibly think they can keep it close if not maybe spring an upset here on penn state gundy has been talking trash about bedlam all off season this is the one that they've had circled and you're buying it with oklahoma state plus six against oklahoma you know we mentioned oklahoma fans i promise i'm not trolling them here uh but since they beat texas outright for me they've really struggled you guys saw them lose to kansas last week and now they just have to face a little brother team who has quietly put together a five-game winning streak. All of a sudden, Gundy as a home dog is live once again. We've seen what this Sooners, this Sooners defense is, and that is an absolute liability. I don't think they're going to be able to stop the Cowboys. They just put up 600 yards in total offense last week. I am sad that this is the last bedlam for the foreseeable future. And it's also unfortunate for Oklahoma because they're going to be headed to the SEC with an L. I like the Cowboys to get this one outright. Could be Sam Pittman's last stand in, in Fayetteville. They go to Gainesville this weekend, Kelly. You like Arkansas plus three and a half. Uh, just wild. I play this at plus six on Wednesday. Money is pouring in Good on the job. Hawks, and rightfully so. Who is Florida to be a six-point home favorite here? Hogs coming off a bye. Do, they, do I think they're going to get to go bowling? No, but if they can rattle off four straight, that is a real possibility. Sam Pittman has been excellent as an underdog, 16-6-1. Hogs have never won in the swamp, but I think they get the win on Saturday. Kelly, you can show everyone the shirt you're wearing right now as you give us your next pick. K-State plus four. You'll be there in Austin to take on the Longhorns. Yeah, I had this game circled for a reason, and and if Quinn Ewers was playing, this line would be much higher. But here's kind of my, my caveat, and I'm going to say this straight up as a fan. I am the hardest on the Kansas State Wildcats, and that's for a reason. But here's my one asterisk with this Texas team and what can be done to them that is ran all over them. So not only does K-State have a two-quarterback system where both quarterbacks are mobile in Will Howard and Avery Johnson, they have a two-headed monster in DJ Giddens and Trayshawn Ward in the backfield. Look for 200 yards on the ground in this one. I think it's going to be a close game. I think K-State can squeak, squeak out the win, but definitely take the points here because if Texas kicks a game-winning field goal, you guys are not going to see me next week. Vegas, <laughs> uh, that's fair. I, I'm rooting for you there like, because you're, you're helping us out here. You, I mean, you can take two weeks off if you want. We can't complain about it, Kelly. Uh, maybe not from the fade. We'll see. Uh, Vegas thinks USC, the Trojans, are going to beat Washington, don't they? Aren't they telling us that based on the spread of only three? They are. Hey, listen, I've been betting against USC for three weeks now. I had Same. Notre Dame, I had Utah, and I had Cal last week. Cal could have got it done, but they made the right move as the underdog there, and that was to try to punch it in to get the win instead of go to overtime. USC 
has some issues, especially on the defensive side of things. But this Washington team is starting to show some of their faults. Now everybody's ready to give Michael Penix Jr. the Heisman. I think they're going to struggle mightily in the Coliseum. I think USC plus three is the play, but I definitely think plus 125 is worth a look. The only point you're laying that you're confident in is Iowa State against Kansas at two and a half. Why? I'm going to tell you guys, this is a situational play for me every single week. It is almost a blind handicap, and that is laying the points with the unranked team versus the ranked team. Jayhawks number 22 in the country catching two and a half. I've got to lay it with the Cyclones. Seattle on the road in the NFL against Baltimore. Cincinnati minus two against Buffalo. You like both. Which one do you like more? Ooh, I like I like Seattle more here. Wow. Listen, this this Cincinnati team has really turned a corner, and I do like them, but this is going to be a tough game. I also did tease Buffalo, so I'm looking at both sides of those ones. But here's here's my thing. Seattle, five and a half, took them, if you guys remember, versus Detroit. This five and a half spread is my favorite in the NFL because these dogs almost always went out right. Baltimore, hey, they've looked really good. They look like a Super Bowl contender at times, and then all of a sudden they seem like they don't care. This is one of those games they're going to not care. You know why? Because they are coming back from Arizona. They just have to play a Seahawks team who just so happens to be uh, first in the NFC West. And, oh, who do they play next week? Oh, right. They played the Browns and the Bengals. Sometimes these teams don't care when it's not in their division, and I think that's what we're going to see here. I can see Baltimore with the best kicker in Justin Tucker winning by a field goal, but I did sprinkle on Seattle Moneyline. Kelly, 10 seconds exactly. Where would you lay money on where Jim Harbaugh's coaching next season? Raiders, baby. Kelly, please do the downward hook em horns while you're in Austin throughout. They there love it, it when you do that yeah, there. It's the middle the finger. Time. Everyone you see in Vince Young will fight you over that. They will love you when you do that. Have fun. I wore the shirt on the fade, and I, I was sitting here, and you missed it. It just looked like I was in a purple T-shirt. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks, Kelly.